much financial sense as the president's tax returns. And now, here are the only podcast hosts I trust to manage my 401k, Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg. Hello, everybody. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. We also have somebody here named Matt. How's it going, Matt? Hey, pretty good. Hi. Well, Allie and I, not Matt, um, but just Allie and I used to be performers uh, <laughs> who had a live comedy show. It was called Blogologs. We used the internet as our script. It was great. Then we had a web series called Two Girls, One Show, which you can find on Hoo-Ha-Ha. We interviewed people behind the posts that we'd been performing all those years, went on scripted adventures, and now we have... Our podcast here with The Daily Dot, um, in which we are interviewing people behind internet communities and phenomena that we find very fascinating. We actually have a repeat guest today. New topic. Same guest. I hope you're all going to get excited. Um, Would you say it's two topics, one guest? <laughs> Thank you that so is much. exactly what it is. We are speaking with Allie Knox, professional cam model, who we interviewed for our OnlyFans culture episode. But today, we're talking about something we've wanted to talk about for literally years. Allie, you want to let them know what it is? <laughs> Since you know that I've been talking about it for so long. Yes. Yeah, no, I have, I have wanted a guest to talk about this. Since we started the show, which is crazy because that was three years ago. I think I wish you guys could have just seen what my the eyes just math. did. <laughs> I didn't think it was that long. And I went back to look at something and I was like, oh, three years. Yeah. 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 Three years. Mm-hmm. Three years. But um, FinDom, it's short for financial domination. And so it's when dominatrixes, dominatrices, do we know which one's the proper plural? <laughs> no. Anyone? It's called a murder. It's when when dominatrixes get together in a, in a group, it's it's a murder of dominatrixes. Okay. I have a story about that too, which I need to tell you later. But, um, <laughs> oh, that story's so good. Okay. Anyway, so FinDom, financial domination, and it's when the men love to, they, they get off on being like swindled out of their cash. But the best part is, even before quarantine, I heard stories of FinDoms never even meeting their clients in person. So it sounds super safe. You don't even have to put out. And the whole point is you just spend money. This shit's bananas. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting in terms of like online communities that it does, I think for many people exist pretty much online. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really curious about how far this goes. Like, is it budgeting that you give over your budget to the dominatrix are you handing over your investments to them to make decisions i i want to know like how much power they put in their hands i'm sure it wait, differs wait i didn't even think about that their investments you like get control of their like stocks <laughs> that's awesome Maybe. i not not thought about that and i'm into it yeah i know what i've heard about is like people going to fancy restaurants and just like sending him photos of you using his credit card and eating everything and like that kind of right. sounds like my dream 
name. <laughs> wow. Let me get this straight. I can order everything on the menu and you want me to just send you pictures of me charging your credit card? You can jerk <laughs> off to that. Be my guest. I'm having trouble getting a dude to buy me a beer. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is so, it's fast. Like the, I'm curious about the psychology behind this and how much it ties into status and society and like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, gen- tradition, more traditional binary gender roles or or if she's work, if Ali's working with women who want to be financially dominated. <laughs> so many oh. questions. <laughs> Please ask about... Um, addiction or responsibility like if like if a client is going too far and putting too much money yeah. in do, do, does she have an obligation to say whoa like almost like gambling like you get high off gambling but if you if you do too much you're going to be in trouble mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. is there an obligation to the slot machine doesn't cut you off the slot machine says more 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 right like are these people looking to be ruined financially mm. <laughs> or yeah or is and there do a they line? have wives who are like where's where where's all my money yeah right right I hope Adam never gets financially dominated by somebody who's not me. <laughs> also, I don't want to financially dominate him, to be clear. Yeah, because at this point, now it's like his money is your money, so it's no good. <laughs> sort of terrifying. A murder of financial dominatrices or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sidebar, this episode was recorded before the election was decided, so we'll see what happens by the time it's released. I think Sanders has a shot, honestly, at, at this time. What would have happened if it had been him? I think about that every day. I think it'd be maybe worse. I don't know. Yeah. Pe- yeah. Anywho, I think the you can't be president unless you're 35, and I think you shouldn't be able to over 65. It should just be a tight 30 year window in which you can run, and that's that. That's ageist. Is it though? I mean, is it? I don't know. Like, you can't be under 35. Why should you be over 65? It should be like mm-hmm. when you're in kind of the middle, you have some experience, you can still relate to the younger voters. Like, I had a friend who said that the, the while we were in the debate period, he was like, the next debate should be held by TikTok. And if they can't do it, they're out. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. There's something to that. Do you both know the other candidates for the Libertarian Party and Green Party who were running? No idea. I don't think so. No. I'm just, like, uh, us? I would, no I, well, there's just a bunch of alliteration going on. We have Joe Jorgensen <laughs> and Howie <laughs> Hawkins. <laughs> so maybe Jen Jamil is next. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd vote uh, for you. Thank you. Thank you, Ali. Um, I'd vote for you, too. I wouldn't vote for Matt, however, You should definitely not sounds... vote for me. That would be a horrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> Actually, I would just be like, all drugs are legal. Everybody chill out. It's fine. Just like, hey, world leaders, <laughs> let's yeah. do some psilocybin together and we go work this out. <laughs> but you ever, you ever think about who wants to be president? Like, who wants that? It sounds yeah. truly Horrendous. horrifying. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they should just get financially dominated instead. Like they don't need the power of that <laughs> yeah, position. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but the, or we were saying we were saying that the other day of like, I hope everyone who runs for office and who becomes elected has like an army of psycho psychologists and mental health professionals oh, yeah. to help them because think about how many people hate you and how much is on you riding on your shoulders and decisions that decision paralysis and your your brain must be wrecked if you but then if you're trump you must just think i'm sm- the smartest person and so right. i don't need help 
from anyone. So like, I don't know. Yeah. You have to be a psychopath to really want this job, I think. Right. If you're a sensitive person at all, you probably need more yes, sort of counseling. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yes. That way. I think Obama was the only president in modern history that just like viewed himself as a public servant. Like I recently listened to the first episode of, of the Michelle Obama podcast is the, mm. the Obama's chatting. And it actually <laughs> like reminded me of why I loved him. <laughs> yes. Yep. But otherwise, I think you have to be a psycho. Also, like, yeah. I'm sorry, if you're Trump or Biden's age, don't you want to retire and chill out? Like, I don't. Mm, yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know. Seems I don't know. like a demanding job, even if you don't take it seriously. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, my. All right. Well, let's do some trivia. Let's get this trivia done. Uh, today's episode is about financial stuff, financial domination, and I uh, have some interesting tech trivia here about finances. In 2005, Doug Heckman was installing some antivirus software on his computer and like all good software users, he read the entire end user license agreement, the EULA, before clicking I agree. We all do this, right? You see that all that text when you install any app and you read it top to bottom, right? We, we're all on the same page here? I think so, yeah. Right. Yeah, you definitely. never skip that. Okay, yeah, cool. for sure. Just no, making that'd sure. Be really right, irresponsible. Obviously, yeah. Uh, in that agreement, Doug found some very interesting financial information that made him a bit richer. What did he find buried in that very lengthy user agreement? I have three choices. A, a line that said if he emailed the company at a certain address, they would send him a check for $1,000. He emailed it, and they sent him $1,000. Choice B. He found a programmer's debit card information that was accidentally pasted into the EULA. Heckman reported the error to the company, because he's a good Samaritan, and they thanked him with a $1,000 gift and, of course, a lifetime subscription to the software. That's B. C. He found a joke line containing a sequence of lottery numbers, which suggested that if anyone actually read the agreement to the end, these numbers would give them good luck. This was silly, of course. Heckman played the state lottery with those numbers on a whim. He didn't win the grand prize, but he did get enough of the numbers right to win a secondary payout of $1,000. Which way did Doug Heckman get $1,000 from reading a terms of service agreement. I'm going to go with A because it seems like the right. most straightforward. Yeah, right. I wanted to choose A too. I sort of love that they were just like, nobody fucking reads this. And if they do, they'll get 1000 bucks. So I also really uh, want it to be A. But for the sake of diversification, I'm just going to randomly choose C. <laughs> great, great strategy. Jen chooses the $1,000 email address and Allie chooses the lottery numbers. We will find out Doug Heckman's $1,000 bounty after this commercial break. Hey, everyone. Hey, fuckheads. Yeah, Jen and I have been practicing some financial domination of our own. That's right, Chris Harrison. Why don't you go out and give us $10 on Patreon like you do anyway? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You too, Jerry Duran. Yeah, budget that $10, Jerry and Jessica Fox, like you already do. 
You yeah, guys are the go, best. <laughs> maybe you should go visit patreon.com slash 2G1P and contribute at the $10 or more level, and you can also have your name read. But if you're already doing it, you could just go increase your pledge. Melissa Elliott. James Dozier. Deborah Duberpants. <laughs> Cappy. <laughs> Phillips. William. Fuck you, Matthew Scott. <laughs> <laughs> It's so much funnier when Jen curses because it's a little gem that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> anyway. Thank you all. Patreon.com slash 2G1P. I have been finding cut slices of bread and hot dog chunks in my pool. I called the police, thinking it was a neighbor throwing things into my yard. I installed a ring camera to see if I could catch someone or see anything. I spent $110 fixing a strange clog in my pool pump. Well, this morning, three crows with slices of bread in their mouths were in my backyard having breakfast. The crust has been cut off the slices. If you are feeding the birds whole slices of bread, please stop. Give them breadcrumbs if you must. This has been going on for a while and I... I can't ask the birds to stop. (coughs) I know it seems petty, but this is actually becoming a problem. Can't believe it's been birds this whole time. (coughs) Anyway, please stop feeding them entire pieces of bread. They end up in people's pools. (coughs) Thank you. Matt, where did you find this person? <laughs> I mean, she... She paid she, from Schitt's Creek. The, the, the subject line on that was urgent need ad. And I, we, had to, we had to get it in there. Oh, man. All right. Well, what's this trivia all about? <laughs> all right. How did Doug Heckman get $1,000 richer in 2005 from reading an end user license agreement, also known as a EULA? Jen went with choice A that he found an email address, a secret email address, buried in there. He emailed it, got a thousand bucks from the company. Nobody chose B, that there was a a copy-paste of a programmer's debit card in there. Uh, And C, that there were fake lottery numbers that ended up being a winner. Ali chose that for diversification purposes only. Uh, Let the record show that she, she also thinks it's choice A. The correct answer is choice A. Whoa! We both win. We both win. You're, bo- you're both right. We, we both, both got win it right. <laughs> that was that. I thought that was cute. That, yeah. You know, nobody reads this shit, and right. the, the developers were like, "Hey," and and you know, this was covered. Uh, I got this from PC Mag, PC Magazine, and like to to my knowledge, this might be the only person who actually read the damn thing and got the money. So uh, <laughs> good go, job, Doug. Way to go. 
Well, it is time to bring on our guest. Um, as you all know, today's topic is financial domination, and we actually have a return guest. Please welcome back to the show, professional cam model and dominatrix, Allie Knox. Welcome, Allie. Thank you. Hello. Welcome back, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, I know. I was going to say, I should have said welcome back. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks. Ha- thanks for having me. Have you missed us? Yeah. You know, it's been a crazy few days. It has. Thank you. Ooh, Thank you. Has. I'm yeah. so glad the feeling is mutual. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. This is Jeez. a highlight of my week. And that is not a joke uh, because the world continues to burn. <laughs> anyway, yeah. let's talk about financial domination. I've wanted to talk about this for so long. Can you explain for our listeners, in your words, what is FinDom? So financial domination is um, a fetish where men like to have their finances controlled. So be it taken from them, put on a strict budget, um, just any form of control. I personally do it a lot. That's kind of what I've been known for, luckily, because it's my favorite. And I think it's because it's so genuine for me, too. It's also my personal fetish. And I think it's because I, too, have a really unhealthy relationship with money. And I've been controlled by it for so very long. And I've been poor and never want to ever go back there again. So my relationship with money is like crazy. Wait, when you say your relationship with money is crazy, can you explain a little further? Okay, so I'm one of those types that like can't leave money on the table. So I got really lucky with Bitcoin. I started taking it in 2014 and it was when it was like $300 a Bitcoin. So I saved all of it and just kind of watched it grow. Um, sold some at the height of Bitcoin. When it was like 19 grand, built, built a house, whatever. And so I always mm-hmm. said when Bitcoin got to 15 grand, I was going to sell every fucking Bitcoin that I had and just retire and live on a beach somewhere. Well, it hit 15 grand today. So I woke up this morning being like, do I sell everything and just fucking disappear? Because this is a great time to disappear, right? Right. Fucking disappear. (laughs) Great time. Yeah. Like live a life somewhere else. Never pick up a phone or social media ever again. And then I was like, no, like I can't leave money on the table. I can't leave right now at the height of my career knowing that there's so much money out there for me. I can't do that. And so here I am having this like complete meltdown in my entire life because for, till today, like 15 grand is what I've been looking for for years and years and years. It gets there today and I'm like, I can't fucking do this. Like, there's more people that will buy my socks out there. I can't allow that money to just slip away from me. But that drives me at all the time. So every single morning when I my eyes open at like 2 a.m. until I go to sleep at 9 p.m., like, it's my focus. I can't think about anything else. It's just driving me all the time and it's really unhealthy. Yes. Thanks for sharing your story and reasoning behind Fendom. For the person, like the more submissive person in the relationship, like, do you have any thoughts on the psychology behind that side of it? There's a whole lot. I mean, the majority of my Fendom customers, the probably my top five tippers, actually, well, the top four tippers for have Fendom fetishes, really, that's really their main thing. And they really like the control. They're professionals. Um, they're all super dominant people in their uh, relationships in their professional life. I mean, they are just power all the time. And I think that coming to me and I don't, I'm, I'm not easily buckable. Like they can try me, they can push me and I'm pretty firm in the way that I fucking practice and the way that I live my life, whatever. And so people really meet their match with me. (laughs) And I think that's something that they want. 
Like they go around their lives always having people bow down to them and do what they want. And it's not going to fucking work with me. And I think they really love that power exchange. I think it's a time where they can step out of their box, get their kind of kinks, really grow a relationship with me in like a really safe and consensual way. It's it's actually like a really special relationship. Does it primarily exist online or are you meeting up in person? I mean, I guess not now, but what about that? Oh, God, I don't meet anyone because I'm a hateful fucking person and I don't want to meet anyone ever. Like, I don't want to make small talk. I don't want to be murdered like nothing. No. So I'm completely online. Yeah, that's not hateful. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, there's lots of people that do. A lot of my friends do and they do cash meets and they do real time sessions. And, you know, they they that's how they get their kinks. They they get a lot of experience and, you know, connection through that. But I'm not that fucking person. Could you give our listeners a rundown of what you mean when you say they really like to have their money controlled and like the types of dominatrix activities that fall under findom? And also, is this like this? This is like anorexia for men, where it's like instead of having their food controlled, like they want their money controlled. A lot of people have the same kind of concept of me is like where they can't leave money on the table or maybe they gamble or they made it investments or something like that. So some people like that's their whole worth, right? So giving up that type of control to someone else is the ultimate submissive activity, um, particularly to someone who is so greedy and uh, loves it like I do. <laughs> you know, that's a really cool, it's a really cool thing because there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of praise. There's a lot of... Um, you know, okay, well, everybody's different. So the first thing I do is I usually put people on a budget. So we do a lot of like, how much do you make? How much do you have in debts? How much do you goes out every month? How much do you want to save that kind of thing? And so it, it has, it forces them to have some sort of controlled behavior. So is it like every morning they get up and they go to Starbucks? Okay, well, that shit's going to quit real fast because you're going to save $5 every day and you're going to be able to send that to me because you're going to reroute oh, that so to you're me. So it's those them. kinds of things like, well, some people, there, some it depends on other people. So some people have debts and I, you know, I have this like, I have this more moral compass where I have a lot of belief that like, I want people to do as well as they possibly can. I don't want them to go in debt for me. I don't want them to not pay their rent or their mortgage or you know, I don't want them to steal their mother's inheritance. I don't want any of that stuff. I want them to be in a controlled environment where this is completely consensual and they're, I'm pushing them to their limits, but never anything beyond. Like I have a, a, a client that I work with and he has a side project. And so I'm always constantly like checking him in with the side project. Like, where are you working? Um, have you gotten any farther in your website? Like, have you taken on any clients, anything like that? And it's a constant, like, that's a moneymaker for him, which would be a moneymaker for me. <laughs> so I want to push them to become better because I don't want people that are just broke running around paying me $100 every now and then when they can afford it. Like that's not the type of client I want. I want these long-term people that are trying to make their lives better, in turn making my life better because that's going to be more profitable for me in the long- like I I'm a long-term kind of girl. <laughs> I love the relationships and that's and that's part of this whole thing is it's a lot of relationship management. It's a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of like the girlfriend experience, but for me there's just a lot of domination. And me personally I've been able to keep this character that was really me in the first place just a bit over exaggerated of being like greedy and bratty and spoiled and I have like trained them to know that. Like for example, my birthday's coming 
coming up. And I told everybody they have to send me a birthday present or I'm going to be very fucking pissed. I'm going to put them on a list and they're never going to get anything that they want or ask for ever again. So they're all having to send me gifts, but they know how greedy and spoiled and like I have to have things immediately. So they sent on me all my gifts and I opened them already. And so now they have to send me more gifts so that I can have <laughs> presents on my birthday. And they've all know this. They know this is how they're going to be every single year. So they just start lining up presents so it gets here in time because they know this is what the cycle's going to awesome. be. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you manage any of their investments? Um, I don't personally like go in and log to their stuff, but yeah. a lot of them share that kind of stuff. Got it. I okay. mean, they share life insurance policies, inheritance. There's a whole like list of shit. <laughs> okay. This yeah. is totally different than what I thought it was. <laughs> really? really? This is just naked business consulting. <laughs> I heard the Findom was like, you go to a restaurant and you like order everything and send him a photo. That's what I was told. So, so a lot of people do that, but, and, and that's the impression of it. I mean, when people see like me standing in front of a Porsche or something, they're just like, ah, ha ha. She like she fucked her way to that. And it's like, no, I didn't. I put a lot of time and energy into cultivating this relationship that after four years bought me this. It's that kind of thing. And I think when people see it, they're like, they don't realize there's all the stuff behind it. They're just doing like, yeah. oh, the fuck you pay me videos. And they're like, oh, I didn't. I didn't make any money at that or I wasn't, I don't have any longevity. You have to be a fucking professional. Like you have to learn kinks. You have to learn psychology. You have to learn behaviors. You have to learn to communicate with each other and you have to build these long-term relationships. Like there's never a time where somebody just jumped into this, became successful right away, didn't have to do anything like that's a fucking lie. Yeah. Whoever all says my that, hopes and dreams. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. Whoever is showing that shit on Twitter, it's fucking bullshit. Like the, the ones of us that are the OGs that are in this industry or that we are working our asses off. Like we've done this forever. We put so much time into this, so much work. It's it's a lot. It's <laughs> so here's a lot. what's here's what's fascinating to me because it. I think the stereotype of it not taking much effort comes yeah. from a lot of different places. Sure, but one of which is like, if it takes so much work, how and why did you decide to go to to specialize in this as a career? Yes. Yeah, so mine, it's my personal kink. So this is what I get off on. So when I get a payment, I'm like, oh, yes, great. This is great. This is better than coming or doing anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> so for me, it was just so easy to make this believable, you know, and sustain this for a long period of time because it's actually how I feel. For other people, I think, you know, they get into it, they like it, they branch off into other kinks because this always branches off into other kinks. There's other things that we're servicing at this time. It's not always just pay me, that's it, mm -hmm. you know? So I think there's a lot of different variables for different people in here. Yeah. Um, how common is this, as far as you know, amongst dominatrixes? Uh, I mean, I think we talk about it more because it's a, it's a nice flex. It's it's more interesting than us talking about like licking our armpits or sneezing <laughs> or whatever. And we all do that shit and we all survive on that shit too. Yeah. Um, and plus, it's a really nice flex. Like this is a really cool thing to put up on Twitter or it's a it's a nice thing that the media always is interested in, right? But it's not it's not necessarily all of our focus. Um I don't think that there's a whole lot of people that do this, just this. I can't even think of a single one of my friends that does just does this. Um we all kind of dabble in it, but it's like I said it's not like a long-term thing for everybody because this is for yeah. for me financial domination is certainly the most time consuming. It's the most fucking cultivating of relationships. It's a lot. But it's also the most rewarding. So that's why I fucking do it. So <laughs> do you work mostly with men or do you ever dom financially oh, yeah. dominate women? Okay. Oh, yeah. It's it's almost exclusively men. I have a few female clients, but not financial. No. Do any of your FinDom clients have wives who know about you? 
Uh don't know that answer. A few of them have wives. The majority of them are divorced. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if people know about me. I don't know. Okay. I can't imagine. I can't imagine being a woman being like super thrilled that their husband is throwing like a lot of money at someone. I can't imagine that. But also that's not, not my thing, right? My my relationship is with him. My relationship's with him. And if he comes to me consensually, you know, as a fucking adult to, to get my services, like it's not necessarily my responsibility to even investigate. No, it's not. It's not. I was just curious if they know. know. Um, Mm. So what is the history of Findom, if you're able to give us a little history? Like, how long has it been around for? And what role, Mm. if any, did the internet play in in really popularizing it? So I've only been in the industry since 2014. um, So I can't really go back any farther than that, other than say there are some of my friends that have been doing this for 10 years, probably 10 years. And it was all internet age. I mean, I'm sure this happened beforehand. Men have always had this kink. It's not like they just fucking discover this when the internet happened. But I think that it became more prevalent and also a lot easier to do. It's a, it's very easy to take payments over the internet. I mean, there are problems where we all get our accounts shut down for being whores and have to turn to crypto, but whatever. That's a completely different <laughs> podcast. But <laughs> but I think that the internet really drove it. It's it, it really drove everything, you know, camming and clips. And for us to be able to work in a safe environment and create our own content, the internet certainly is responsible for that. Thank God. Thank you, internet. <laughs> and, and side note, Crypto Whores was the name of my high school band. It's just yeah? Look at um, you. I wish you had your high school band queued up, Matt, because I have <laughs> yeah. clips. All right. What are some of the other types of things you do? Like I heard, you know, maybe no Starbucks. Like what is the nitty gritty of financial domination? I'd I'd like to add, like, what are some of the more common financial kinks? And like, what are some of the more unusual things you're seeing as well? I'd love to know. So my unusual ones, sorry, I'm going to forget. So you're going to have to come back to me because I'm really horrible at focusing. But my my interesting ones are the ones where they branch out and other kinks. Like my number one tipper, (laughs) he has like thrown in different kinks. So for a period of time, he was really upset with impregnation. So he would do a lot of, he's giving um, me his seed and I was going to have to, you know, grow this baby inside of me and it's going to be the heir and all the things. But then he got really obsessed with sending me things for this, uh, you know, fictional impregnation. So he completely stocked a nursery that's up in my upstairs right now. So I have like a crib and a stroller and a high chair and more baby furs than you could possibly imagine because he also has a fur fetish. I mean, everything you could possibly imagine. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a whole fucking thing in my, in my upstairs bedroom and I'm never gonna have a kid. So now I have all this shit because it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so this is a whole thing. Yeah. Well, so that, you know, it, that's the kind of interesting thing is they always pull in different kinks. Yeah. I mean, the, the most, you know, regular one that they have are just like drains that they're looking for. So it's stuff like I'll send them a photo and they're going to have to pay 15 for the next photo. They're going to have to pay 25 for the 30 second video after that. They're going to have to pay 45 for the next photo. Like just keep building until they essentially like are out of money. Some of them have kinks where they just want to be pushed beyond that. But like I was saying early, like I always sit down immediately and I get like budgets. I get a lot of like 
where where are your lines? What are your boundaries? What are you not into? Where where do you want to be pushed? Where do you want to be pushed beyond? Like what are your no's? What are your whatever? So you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's it's a lot of like you get to learn a lot of things about them. There's a lot of psychology behind it because you figure out how to fucking market to the things that they're into. So you change your sales technique. And that's how and that's the most time consuming thing is like out of the clients that I fucking manage, because that's what I'm doing. I'm relationship managing. I have to cater each of my particular kinks or my style to each one of them. And that's a lot of time and energy. Do they have um, just open access to you? Like they could text you anytime? Well, they pay for that, right? I see. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, And that's that's a lot to manage. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot. Yeah. Right. right. Honestly, though, this is a great financial plan for so many men. I think they need to know about this. Like, I know dudes who just like aren't saving and it's just like, yo, you want to also jerk off while you're at it? Like, this is (laughs) win-win. Yes, for sure. And some of them do that. Like I was talking about the client earlier that was working on a side project. Like that was part of the thing that we worked toward. It was like, oh, he was going to save this amount of money to invest in this side project, which he was able to quit his job and now work part full time on this side project. Um, and it's that kind of thing. Like, what do we work on to get to this goal? And it, well, he was also fucking kicking me money back because he's going to pay for my time. He's going to pay for the things that I wanted. I had also moved into the house. So he had to buy me fucking furniture and he had to buy me dishes and all the new things that I fucking wanted because hello, new house, new stuff. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever have guys who want to be financially ruined who are just like, Ali, like, just like ruin me, like spend all of my money? <laughs> Yeah, a lot. But like I said earlier, like I really sit down and and figure out the thing. I'm not going to take anybody's money. I don't want your mom's inheritance. I don't want any (laughs) of that shit like that. I personally couldn't live like that. Sure. sure. And it's not it's not good for a long term relationship. Like if I bankrupt you today, I'm not going to see you for the next fucking six years. Well, I'd like to see you for the next six years. Plus, I want you to prosper. Like this is not necessarily a thing about you know, fuck men. I can't wait to ruin them all, which I can't fuck men. And I can't wait to ruin all, but not necessarily, <laughs> you know, it's right. not, it's not a good business plan. Hashtag sustainable domination. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Long term. Into that. Do you think you're rare in that sense? Or is that how a lot of these, uh, also what is the plural? Is it dominatrices? Is it dominatrixes? Ooh, is it, I don't know. Is it trixies? Ooh, I don't know. A gaggle? I don't know. know. We just call ourselves a hot girl squad, so I don't really know. You could do better. You could do better. I believe in you. I'm gonna think on it and get back to you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So wait, so so do you think you are more rare in the idea of wanting it to be sustainable, or is that pretty common in this practice? No, I think I think the old G's of one the ones of us that have been in it for a very long time, we've made good financial decisions ourselves. I think that we all have a pretty similar mindset. You have a lot of these, they call them instadoms, instadoms that just come up, they pop up, they put a few middle finger pictures on their Twitter and they're like, fuck you, pay me. Those don't, you know, they have a completely different idea or strategy or whatever, but they also aren't going to be around in six fucking years. They also aren't living in houses without debt. You know, they're not, they're spending their living paycheck to paycheck. Like there's a bunch of us that take this money and go invest it. We, we pay for our families, everything, you know, there are, there are a lot of us that have made this into a sustainable business and you, you can tell, you can see us. We're all in our fucking thirties. Now you can see us in our thirties being hot on fucking Twitter, living that life. And it's, it's a sustainable real life for us. I can't wait to tweet out this show and encourage men to p- use you for their financial planning. Yes, I'm, I'm, I want I'm that. into this as, as a really sustainable lifestyle. Sorry, Jen, what were you going to say? Oh, we talked a little bit about the psychology of your clientele. Are there any other common themes like age brackets, types of jobs, mm. things like that? Yes. 
Uh huh. So um, the majority of mine are lawyers, and I think it's because I'm pretty logical. Uh, I rally against the government a lot, so I'm constantly like hate tweeting them, and I think that gets me a lot of attention. <laughs> um, white men, white older men, is my demographic for sure. They just, I don't know, they like young blondes telling them how much they fucking hate them. They just love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What do you think is behind that? Um, shame. I mean, a lot of mine are like Republicans that are going to come here uh, to be dominated by someone that's going to tell them how much she intrinsically fucking hates them. And they, uh, you know, they love that stuff. It's legit. Like, I think that's my brand really is authenticity. I talk about my business plans. I talk about my fucking all my problems. Like, I'm, I'm very real. And that's pretty interesting to be a character and be the real person. I think that I'm kind of uh, a mini- minority in that particularly with my friends who I'm like, that's not even what you sound like in real life, but whatever. Has a man ever claimed that you stole his money? Uh, no, no. We were hmm. just curious, like, are there ever, so. like, legal issues like that that would come up? Oh, there are, not with me. There have been people that do, like, blackmail and stuff that have gotten in shit, but no, not really. And I think it's just because I'm very, like, upfront about, you know, kinks and cons- and can being consensual and boundaries and all that shit up front. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, like, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty professional in this. So nobody comes to me and they're like, I'm going to fucking fuck her. Like, no, you're not. We're going to have some fun and we're going to make it through and like, whatever. Our relationship's going to be that. So I don't think so. There definitely are some that like have regret later on. And they're just like, holy fuck, I can't believe I spent that. Or they delete their accounts, which they make in three days when they get horny again or whatever. <laughs> my, <laughs> my number one tipper now and for this whole time now, like over four years, he's very like, he likes the process. He likes going and his thing is cash. So he likes to go to the ATM. He likes to get it out. He likes to go and buy the envelope that he sends it in every time. He likes to wrap it up. He likes the process of going to the post office. Like it's a whole fucking ritual for him. And sometimes he's like, oh my God, I'm going to quit you. I can't afford this. I'm not coming back. And it's just like, fuck, shut up. I know that you're going to be back. We've been doing this for four fucking years. He's quit me 16 days, three times. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, men are just like, men are textbook. He's going to be horny in a few days. He's going to be back. This is his kink. He's not going anywhere. We have a long-term relationship. Like, yeah, blah, blah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the cat and mouse kind of thing is part of what they're into as well. For sure, for sure. Are there any other themes in terms of the clientele, you know, who who goes for this as opposed to other particular fetishes? Probably somebody that can afford this, I guess. I mean, that would be super limiting. There's not a lot of um, non-professionals that I service. I certainly don't service anybody that's not really in a powerful position. I mean, all my top guys that are Fendomers are are very wealthy and have worked for a long time and have been doing their, you know, their respective jobs for years. I really get guys that have done this for a long time. Also, every guy I have, that I have right now has come from someone that has done this. So they re- there's a refer a friend? Probably. I don't know if it came from friends or from buying videos or anything like that, but I'll, but they all have their practice. They've all like, oh, I served under this dom and I did this, or she had me do this, or I like this, like, or yeah, I'm into this. Yeah, how do they this. find you? Twitter. I'm in the media a lot. Um, I bitch a lot, and people love it. People <laughs> love if it. If you get new clients from Two Girls, One Podcast, yeah. can we have 10%? No, I'm just kidding. Can you tell us, though, if you, if you get clients affiliate? from us? An is there an affiliate program, link? Is yeah. What we're I, 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 that's, you know, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> but I do want to know if you back. get more clients. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see. Anytime I'm in something, I get a client for whatever I'm in. So let's bring it on. Okay. You heard it here, listeners. You want to have your money managed. 
Yes. <laughs> Check out Allie Knox. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. All right. One more thing. I wanted to know. So you were saying how you don't meet these people at all. And no. is is that common in Findom or are a lot of uh, Trixies meeting up with their clients? Uh, I don't personally. I, um, some of my friends do. I don't know that I would say a lot. Um, I think because what I'm hearing is that this is a very COVID safe practice for sure. Mm -hmm. So do you know, like at the at the cap at the top, how much has a dom made off of this fetish? Yeah. Are some fetishes more profitable than others? Oh, yeah, for sure. Which ones am I? If if you niche yourself really particularly, so if you do stuff like only sneezing or only farting and you become that person, like you become the fart girl or you become the sneezing girl or whatever, you could make so much money. Like when you are the ex- held as the expert in that field, it's it's on. Financial domination, I've had a lot of success with because like I said, it's my own personal fucking thing and it's what drives me all the time. And it's certainly what I have made the majority of my personal income from. Um, but like I said earlier, I, I, I do a lot of kinks and it branches out into a lot of things. So sometimes with my FinDom clients, I'm not necessarily just doing financial domination. I'm doing other kinks here and there. But for me personally, yes, it has brought me the most money. We asked you this in the OnlyFans episode. Uh, how can we do it? Any tips for us? <laughs> We're not going to do it. But like, if we wanted to get started, yeah. you don't know you that we could, Jen. I might. <laughs> I've got yeah, time. I mean, I I think that my my advice is the same to everybody, and it's a horrible advice, but maybe it's not. And it's just like keep putting out content. Just put out content consistently and constantly. At some point, something's going to happen, and it might not necessarily be you catch a fin dom whale, but it could be you bring somebody that's going to have this fetish, or they're going to have liked you in this photo, or you're going to have dropped this video when they were logging on to this site at the same time when they were logging on and it's on the front page. Like it just takes that. I made, I didn't find my first Findom whale until video over 200. And it was an ass worship video that he found from buying my fucking video that popped up on the website when he was logging on. So it was just pure luck. And this has been after four years. Yeah, it was, it was just pure fucking luck. But it's pure luck plus that consistency and you're making your own luck. And, and I, I think yeah. I said this on the previous, uh, on last week's episode, but everything you're saying and explaining is truly identical to any internet content creation. YouTube sure, channel, absolutely. podcast. 100%. It's like, make 100%. it as much as, make yes. it the best it can be, yep. make a lot of it. Market sure. it the best you can, and, and then just keep going. there's just just keep going, just keep going until you yep. burn out, or yep. someone or and someone finds yes. you. I mean, that's yes. that's right, that's right, and that's my advice to anybody. Like, I was on this A and E special, and I guess they're replaying it right now. So I keep getting these emails of women being like, "Oh my god, I saw it, I want it," and it's like, "Okay, well then just fucking get to work." Just work yep. until you can't sleep anymore and keep working. Like, that's my that's, advice. And just do you, it. And you said it earlier, This there's this myth of like, you see an, a famous actor and you just think, well, they just show up and then they make a million dollars on a movie uh, or a famous YouTuber who has a billion views on their YouTube videos. And it's like, wow, they're so rich for like vlogging. It's like, no, they've worked at their craft for, for sure. decades probably. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you do meet these people, it's like, oh my God, you're like so good at this. And yes. now I understand why yeah. you're famous and rich because holy shit, you busted your ass. No for one, sure. no one gets internet famous instantly outside of like virality, which is not a business, you know? Right. And it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. Yeah. Yep. Allie and I knew somebody who said it took me 10 years to be an overnight success. So, right, right. <laughs> that's the real thing, though. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. <laughs> 
So just to finally wrap things up, um, you want to share with everyone the 2G1P discount code or? (laughs) (laughs) I got to make one. I got to figure out what kind of kickback you're going to get. Yeah, no, I'm into it. No, but I do. I do want to know. You heard it here. So tell everyone where to find you. You can find me on Twitter at Allie Eve Knox or AllieKnox.com. It'll have links to my cam, my Twitter, my content, my OnlyFans, all the things. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here with us again. I'm sure we'll have you back on a whole other topic at some point. Um, we nice. love spending time with you. Thanks, Allie. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that seems like so much more work than I want to do. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, it truly is. It's it's a it's a job. It's a full time job. It's a, a more than full time job, I would imagine. And yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's entrepreneurship, which is always you know right. an eighty hour work week. No, no matter so how you slice it, which is so fascinating. Yeah, that's something that I still wanted to know a little bit more about, which is like how she fell into this. Because I think part of the stereotype is that like this is easy money, but if it's not easy money, then what is your impetus you know how wh- why this what happened and well, i'm not trying to make any kind of judgment call on this versus something else but like if it's so much work like what drew her to this well she said like a couple times that it is her personal kink and like that's what drives yeah. her so mm-hmm. i assume that that's it but yeah i don't mm-hmm. know yeah, yeah do what you love <laughs> yeah exactly that's true <laughs> she's living the dream I mean, she's living the dream if, yeah. if you're a hard-working person then you're going to want to follow your passion and that this is hers and we have ours and we're all we're all making stuff on the internet and and right. it's it's hard work any way you slice it some of it some of it has clothes on and some of it has clothes off it's just all the same stuff <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, just it's so wild. She's totally like cut out. I was trying to picture myself trying to do that to someone. And I was like, oh, man, that's not my personality um, or my kink or whatever. Um, like the baby thing and the the baby first. Yeah. <laughs> I would just say no way, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really, really interesting. Um, you know, maybe she has a future as a financial manager. Too. <laughs> I don't know. She's like yeah. a straight up. I know. <laughs> like women are going to start coming to her, not submissive. I- <laughs> yeah, no, I love this as like a, a tactic to manage yeah. your money because we're not taught fi- financial literacy in schools. So no, totally, totally. Let's yeah, learn it from, from some doms. It's uh, it's <laughs> accountability too. It's knowing that some that if you have to check in on Thursday with your dom, that she's going to be disappointed that you spent your money on coffee all week. That that's there's <laughs> yeah, power totally. in that. It doesn't have to be sexual, but it's it, accountability is powerful. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Right. Mm-hmm. Nothing like a relationship to point out how you use your money. <laughs> like I've definitely learned I spend a lot of money on food needlessly. Like uh, sure. I buy organic. I mean, not needlessly. It's important to buy organic things. But man, I don't really. Yeah, I would I, say like yeah. if you're talking about like groceries, like that's valid. Like, yeah, spend your money on groceries. You know what I mean? Like that's cool. But you like, want to get a- nice groceries, get nice groceries. You know, it doesn't yeah, seem no. that crazy. But it's almost like my mentality of like, I don't care how much money I spend on this because I value it so much where I would just like go mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've definitely had it called out to me that like, yeah, you spend a lot of money on this stuff. Right. The value <laughs> scale. Called out to you, do you mean by Adam? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Is he going to financially manage you? <laughs> <laughs> no, not like in any formal way. But by saying that, it definitely <laughs> made me think about it a bit more. <laughs> yeah. You don't need $12 strawberries. Okay. Exactly. You can cut that back. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Now, there are some things where I'm like, even if I had all the money in the world, like I'm not paying fucking $12 for that fucking smoothie. Like that doesn't right. make any right. sense to me. Right. Right. 
Also, I make pretty good smoothies, if I may say so myself. <laughs> so. Do, do any of you have this kink? We want to hear from you. Do you think this is something you could be interested in? Do you want to work with Allie and get us a cut? Let us know. You can tweet at me <laughs> at Junebugger. I'm at Ali Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-T. You can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. You can also text or leave us a voicemail. That phone number is... 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6LIT. And visit our Discord, discord.gg slash 2G1P. We'd love to see you there. Listeners of the show are there. Former guests are there. We all have a good chat. And sometimes uh, you can suggest show topics as well or questions for upcoming episodes. Discord.gg slash 2G1P. Ali, if they'd like to contribute, how do they do it? We'd love to manage your money. Uh, If you give us your money, we will give you perks in exchange. So you can go to patreon.com slash 2G1P. All right, people. Spend your money wisely this week. Uh, See you next week. Fuck off. Appropriate. <laughs> the Girls One podcast is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula, then mailed to the IRS in an envelope labeled Help Me. I mean, produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe. (laughs) 